0: How many of you have ever been to the happiest place on earth? Does anybody know what it is? What's the happiest place on earth? Shout it out, please. I heard some people are not sure what it is. Okay, (laughs) it's Disney World. Some say it's Disneyland, but Disney is named the happiest place on earth. Does anybody in here love Disney? Raise your hand like you mean it. M I C. K-E-Y, this is going to be fun today, I need participation, Disney World, when, when my kids were younger, we had the opportunity to travel to Disney World, that place is so expensive, I hope I make it back again, Uh, but we went, my sister was working at Disney there for about a year or so, and so we got to go to Disney uh, with two of our kids, and it is meant to be the happiest place on earth. Um, They have at Disney World Mickey-shaped ice cream. Anybody ever had that stuff? Ice cream is good all by itself, but when you make it look like Mickey Mouse, it just tastes that much better. You've got Mickey-shaped ice cream at Disney World. One of the favorites that I have had there are the churros. Okay, I got some people that love the churros in here. Anybody? You get the churros. I remember uh, when we were there, we got our seats for the, um, for the fireworks at night. You know, you got to go get your seat like five hours before they start because everybody's like getting a spot. And uh, we went and bought churros, and they're amazing. They're like these big, long cinnamon sugar sticks. amazing. Churros. How about the Dole Whip? Anybody heard the Dole Whip? Does anybody sense I'm getting hungry for lunch here? Is anybody else with me? Where's the Disney food truck? They need one up here in Columbus or something. The Dole Whip is this amazing thing. It's just a delightful dish. You get this, this Dole Whip and it's like a pineapple ice cream with pineapple juice in the bottom. It's amazing. Happiest place on earth they have the Dole Whip. Um, uh, at Disney, uh, even the adults love this. Going to meet your favorite characters is a great thing. I think we have a picture. This is um, Lana and Brock. He was a little afraid of the princesses that day, uh, but he did like Minnie Mouse. He was really pumped about Minnie Mouse, and we love that. And now they even have Marvel characters you can meet there. How about that? Who's in for Marvel characters? Anybody? I love the Marvel characters. Disney World is the happiest place on earth. Everything you could ever want the rides, the foods, the experiences, Disney everywhere. But still, at Disney, the happiest place on earth, you can find a child that looks like this. (laughs) This is my son, Brock, a few years ago. Isn't that sad? to find a sad, crying child at the happiest place on earth. How is that even possible? It's possible. I don't know, I don't remember what he was upset about, but he just did not look happy, and I knew at that moment. I knew I'd be preaching about this. No, I just, I knew at that moment, like, what is going on here? It's the happiest place on earth, and you're crying. Why? Well, can can I not please you? You know, we parents try to go out of our way, and it doesn't work all the time. Um, Does anybody in here love church? Fellowship Baptist Church, let's hear it. You love this place. All right. We love Fellowship Baptist Church. We love everything that happens here. We, we sit in this place with people we call FBC.Family. You know, we're a family. We, we have, is there any, uh, um, in the earlier service, we had a lot of people cheering for this because I know it's coming up here. Any Primetimers Luncheon fans? Let me hear you. Got some Primetimers Luncheon fans. What about uh, Vacation Bible School? Hey, Hey! even in the balcony, all right, Vacation Bible School. Some of you love these things going on. We got a Awana, we got Sunday Church, we have our friends here, our life groups, our Bible studies. It is a great place at church. Is anybody happy to be here? Okay, is anybody unhappy to be here? No, I'm just, you're not going to answer that question. Maybe somebody made you come today. You know, I asked the question, how is it possible that at the happiest place on earth, Disney? That a child can be sad. Today I want to ask you this. How is it possible that in a church full of people that have the love of God inside of them, that are meant to love one another and love each other, that are here, church full of people, how is it possible that somebody can feel lonely? I'm not quite sure... But it is possible, and it happens. It's a reality. People at Disney World get sad. Kids have temper tantrums there, too. We're human beings. How is it that we can be connected to more people than ever before in history, yet more people than ever before in history experience loneliness on a regular basis? You know, I, I can't wait for the next, uh, this week and next week to share with you um, I, I, wanna, I want you to see something that I, that I believe wholeheartedly. I want you to open your Bible to John 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10. I believe that if you're here today, and I, I believe this for everybody, God wants what is best for you. Can you agree with that? Do you really truly think God wants what's best for you? I, I do. I, I think he wants what's best for us. And in John the Bible says this, and you've got to see it with your own eyes. John 10.10, I think it's on the screen, and if you can see it in your own Bible, please do that. The Bible says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy uh, there's, there's somebody now, we know that's not God. We know that's not talking about Jesus. There's a thief. There's an adversary we have. We know him as the devil. And the Bible talks about him as he's trying to steal from you. He's trying to kill your life and he's trying to destroy you. But Jesus, yeah, he says this, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, there's a thief And I believe he's using the tool of loneliness in our church, in our lives, and that God wants something far more greater for us than that. He wants you to have real, true friendship. That's what I want to talk about. See, experiencing loneliness in a world full of people, in a church full of Christians, is like experiencing sadness at Disney World. It's a reality that we're facing. It doesn't make sense sometimes. You, know, you would think that in a church of loving Christian people, not one person would feel lonely. You would think that. The U.S. Surgeon General said about our country that we're experiencing an epidemic of loneliness driven by the accelerated pace of life and the spread of technology into all of our social interactions. He said that efficiency... And convenience have edged out the time-consuming messiness of real relationships. Sound familiar? So today we begin this two-part message series, The Art of Friendship, and I truly believe that God wants to end loneliness in your life. You came here today, I, I, I'm, my goal is that this message would be a help to you. It's going to be an encouragement to you. You're going to walk out of here with the solution to the problem. But I believe God wants you to have meaningful friendships with him and with others. So with that, let's begin in a word of prayer. Ask God to help us. God, I pray for every person that's here in this room today. I pray, God, that you would just help us to understand your word. I pray you'd help us to understand the seriousness of this topic of loneliness. I pray for every person here that feels lonely, that they are going through their life struggles all by themselves, that you would give them a friend. Lord, that you would help us to be a friend. Give us wisdom now. I pray that we'd see this tool of the enemy, that we would see this problem, this epidemic, this issue we're all facing, and then you'd show us what you want, what you have to say and what you want us to learn. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> As I was preparing for today's message, it reminded me of a song, and I I, I kind of need your help with this one. Um, so tell me, just finish it for me. It, it goes like this: It goes, na 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 na, na 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 na, na 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 Ghostbusters, you know that one? <laughs> Anybody Ghostbuster fans in here? All right, they're they're really cool. Here's how it goes. Finish the the phrase. The only word, if you don't know it, all you have to say is Ghostbusters when I get to the end, just for those of you that are lost. Um, If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Okay, see, this is good. If you're seeing things, hey, put it in the chat too, okay? This is fun. Uh, If you're seeing things running through your head, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Yeah. If you're all alone... Pick up the phone and call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I, th- I thought of that over and over that song. I, l- I love the song. It's just cool. And then you've got all, oh, it's so exciting and the cool guns they have and all that's awesome. But the phrase, who are you going to call? My hope at the end of this lesson and then next week is that you can answer the question, who are you going to call? I want you to take a moment and seriously think about your relationships and your life. When you make a mistake and you mess it all up, we all do that sometimes. Who are you going to call? When you did something you're proud of, maybe you have a success in life and you want to celebrate, who are you going to call? Do you have someone to call? When you lose your job, who are you going to call? When you're short on rent and you just need help and you need a miracle and you don't know how you're going to pay the bill, who are you going to call? See, it's in these life circumstances that we find ourselves facing the reality of our relationships and our life and Sometimes we find ourselves alone. When your mother dies and you don't know what to do, who are you going to call? When your marriage is struggling, when you pretend everything looks great on the outside, when Facebook would tell everyone else that life is perfect and that all your pictures are great and you've been on vacation and you can have these pretty quotes and all this stuff looks good, when it looks good on the outside but on the inside it really stinks, who are you going to call? Because that's, really, that's when it really matters. Who are you going to call? Author Dr. John Deloney in a book that I read recently, he said this, we have a thousand friends on the internet and no one to help us move our couch. Uh, I will tell you that is absolutely true. Uh, Pastor Tonian could vouch for this. Many times we have people in this church family and they'll call up the church. Now tell me who's the church. Raise your hand if you are the church. Raise your hand. Okay, great. We are the church. It's made up of individuals. Uh, Oftentimes we say the church, oh, I need the church in my life. Well, that's the people in the church. But we get these calls and we'll say, uh, hey, uh, can the church help me move? What does that usually mean? (laughs) Sometimes it means, can the pastors help me move? But uh, what that is, it's a a symptom to a deeper issue. You don't have anyone to call. Who are you going to call to help you move your couch? One author said, we are the hotline generation. Nonprofits, government agencies, they've created artificial connections with strangers When we need help with scary thoughts or dark days. Because we have no one in our lives we can connect with, be vulnerable with, or turn to. I've never thought about that before, but can you think that, why do we have a hotline to call a stranger in our time of need? Is there not a friend that we can call? Who are you going to call? Loneliness the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I believe it's a tool that he uses. I want to answer the question, what is loneliness? Now, today's message is a little bit different than normal. There's a lot of uh, research, a lot of facts, a lot of things, and I, I'm going to tell you that loneliness is a bigger problem than you probably think it is, and if you're in here today and you don't deal with loneliness, you should praise God that you have relationships in your life, and, that, and I will tell you that you'll realize you are probably in the minority But if you're in here today and you're like most people, loneliness is something that you battle. Loneliness is something you deal with. Here's what loneliness is not. Loneliness is not the absence of people. A person can be lonely and feel lonely in a room of hundreds of people. You could be sitting in this room today and feel alone. You could be sitting in here next to people with the love of God in their hearts but still feel all by yourself without a help or a friend. A person can be lonely in a small group of friends. A person can feel lonely at work with their coworkers. A person can even feel lonely sitting on the couch with their husband or their wife. Because loneliness and friendship, it's not about the quantity of connections or the people that you're around, it's about the quality of those connections. Loneliness also is not isolation. Jesus often got alone intentionally, but he was never lonely. Before he walked on the water, he got alone to pray. Matthew 14, 23 says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Hey, we all need times alone. I'm sure there's some moms in the, in, the, in the room today, maybe you homeschool some kids and you wish you had some time alone. Am I, anybody like that in here? my wife like that in here. Listen, we all need time alone. Get away from those kids, get away from everyone else. We need that alone time. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Being alone is not the problem. It's being lonely. A professional definition of loneliness is this. Loneliness is a subjective, unwelcome feeling of lack or loss of companionship which happens when there is a mismatch between the quantity and the quality of the social relationships that we have and those that we want. For the sake of this week and next week, here's my definition. Loneliness is the feeling you experience when you are lacking the high-quality relationships that God intends for you to have. See, I believe the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God wants you to have life and to have it more abundantly. And I believe part of that is having quality friendship. Today's message is a focus on the woes of loneliness. And I promise before the end of the service, I will bring things back up to a positive. But before we do that, we've got to go down a little bit deeper. Loneliness affects you mentally. Did you know that? Loneliness researchers have found that loneliness has been associated with personality disorders, psychoses, suicide, impaired cognitive performance, and cognitive decline over time, including the risk of Alzheimer's and increases in depression symptoms. Loneliness has a toll that it takes on you. When you don't have the relationships, the quality connections that you need, it will affect you mentally. Loneliness not only affects you mentally, it affects you physically. This was crazy when I heard this. One study compared the risk of loneliness, isolation, and weak social connection to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. There was a former professor from the University of Chicago. He actually studied at The Ohio State University, and uh, he is well-known. He's uh, authored different medical journals, articles, blogs, some TED Talks. This guy, uh, he, John Katsiapo is his name. Here's what he found, and he's uh, more or less a, uh, an authority on this topic of loneliness. He found that the physiological cost of being lonely is greater than smoking. That's what he said. He also found that loneliness, and as he termed it, it is a public health crisis. He said it makes a person irritable, depressed, and self-centered, and is associated with a 26% increase in the risk of premature death. It's very serious. Loneliness, it affects you physically. He, he went on to say that the increased mortality risk of loneliness is comparable to that from smoking, again, and loneliness is about twice as dangerous as obesity. Not not only does loneliness affect you mentally, loneliness affects you physically, but loneliness is something that affects every age, every generation. It's, it's something that affects everyone. We all deal with loneliness. Uh, the health insurer Cigna did a study on loneliness. They've done it multiple times, but they've done one after the pandemic, and they found uh, widespread loneliness with nearly half of Americans re- reporting they feel alone. Isolated or left out at least some of the time. Um, Interesting, they said the nation's 75 million millennials and Generation Z adults are lonelier than any other U.S. demographic and report being in worse health than older generations. Young adults are twice as likely to be lonely than seniors. Uh, it's, it's not just somebody you may think, oh, somebody's lonely because they live alone. That's not always the case. It's 79% of adults aged 18 to 24 report feeling lonely compared to 41% of seniors age 66 and older. Uh, it, it affects the younger generation. More than 70, it's weird to be able to say that, it affects the younger generation. I'm out of that statistic now, man. Uh, more than 77% of single parents classify themselves as lonely. Loneliness not only impacts everyone but it also impacts our work, workplace. Loneliness often results in a study they they said results in unengaged employees, lower productivity and decreased performance imposing real costs on businesses including an estimated billion annually in stress-related absenteeism alone. The idea is that if I don't have good relationships, well, I can't be productive at work. I can't function the way God designed me to function. You understand, the thief comes to steal. The thief comes to kill. The thief comes to destroy, but God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. If you're in the room today, God wants you to end loneliness in your life. He, he wants you to, to find a solution to that. So that's what I want to share with you right now. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9. This is the main point text in my uh, this week and next week the art of friendship. Ecclesiastes, If maybe you're new to reading the Bible. Uh, if you've not read the book of Ecclesiastes, you ought to. It, it's one of my favorites because the author, he, uh, he experienced all there was to experience in life. He had uh, more money than everyone he could. He had power. He had fame. He had position. And he tried to do everything. And he, he said that everything under the sun, he tried it. And then in Ecclesiastes, he is expressing what he learned from that and the wisdom that he uh, got from God through these experiences. In Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 9, listen to what God says. God says, two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. God is against loneliness. He says loneliness is inferior. He says two are better than one. You understand that math? I hope so. Two are better than one. You could do everything you want to alone. Some people say, I can do it. I can handle this all by myself. You are not designed to handle it all by yourself. You shouldn't try to handle it all by yourself. God wants other people to be in your life to help you through what you're dealing with. Do you understand that? That's, we come here to church, and some of us come here all by ourselves. We sit here with our own problems, and we leave with our problems, with no one else to help us with those things. And God says, loneliness is inferior. Two are better than one. Now, he points out that loneliness is painful. He says, for if they fall, woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Falling hurts. Can anybody attest to that? Falling hurts. Falling hurts. What do I mean by falling? What is the Bible getting at here when we talk about falling? Sometimes there sin falls. Sin falls. We make mistakes. You know, there's this uh, passage in the Bible where Paul is saying, he says, the things I know I should do, I don't do. And the things I know I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. Sometimes we fall. We fall into sin. We do things we wish we would not do. We make wrong decisions Many many of us have addictions or hurtful habits. I want you to know, that when you come to a church, you're not coming to a place of perfect people. You're coming to a place, this is a room full of sinners. You're a bunch of sinners. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. I hope everyone will raise their hand. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That just means we miss the mark. We fall short. We're not perfect like God is perfect. There's not no one perfect in here. We're all in the same boat. and We all have sin falls. When you have sin failures, who are you going to call? Do you honestly have anyone in your life that when you make a mistake, you feel comfortable enough to share that mistake with? We have sin falls. We have circumstantial falls. Sometimes life just happens. Stuff happens to us. We didn't plan it. We didn't make a mistake. It just happens to us. Maybe it's a family crisis. Something is happening. Maybe it's a death of a close family member. It could be financial stress. There's something, a bill that happens, something that breaks. A hot water heater needs replaced. The car breaks down. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, a financial stress. Maybe you lost your job, and it's not of anything that you did, but you lost your job. Maybe you actually had a fall, a real life, I fell down. I've fallen and I can't get up. Life alert! Right. Uh, Listen. A fall is a circumstantial fall. A sickness. We deal with this stuff. Real life circumstances. Who is it when you get sick that would actually come and bring you some soup? Being serious. Who is it that would make a meal for you if you're unable to do that? Who is it that would take your take your kids to school or pick them up if if you aren't able to do that? circumstantial falls, family falls, you know we have children, we, we love our kids sometimes and uh, you know, we love our kids but sometimes our children don't go the direction we hope they would. We have wayward children, they break our heart. Who are you going to call then? Maybe your marriage is in trouble, you're fighting, there's infidelity, there's something in your life, in your family, the Bible says, woe to him who falls alone. I want you to know, and this is so important, every one of us are going to fall. You're all going to fall. What we need to have is somebody in our life when we fall. We, Pastor Tony will preach hard about, join a life group, come to an event, get connected Don't be disconnected from church. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about these things, these friendships, but the the point is it because there's going to come a time in your life when you need somebody to move your couch. There's going to come a time in your life when you're in the hospital. And how lonely is it to sit in the hospital and no one know you're in the hospital? And I'm I'm pointing out that that's a, a symptom to a greater problem, this loneliness. God says loneliness is not something he wants for you. God says that being all alone when you fall is a place he doesn't want you to be. He wants you to have someone in your life to help you up when, not if, when you fall. Galatians 6:2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. God, God knows that when you come into this place with a burden, He doesn't want you to leave and just bear it all by yourself. That's the thing about burdens. They're too heavy for you to carry all by yourself. And so somebody else needs to be there to bear it with you. Uh, He he told us uh, in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. It's a commandment, not a recommendation or a suggestion. He says, I'm commanding my followers to love one another in the same way that I have loved you. See, we are created for connection. Do you realize that? If you do not have quality relationships in your life, you are missing out on what, what God designed for you to have. Does that make sense? Friendship is God's plan for you. God does not want you to be alone. But I want to be careful about the term connection. Raise your hand if you're on social media. Social media. Okay, I just want to do this. I want everyone to participate because it's for my own educational benefit. Raise your hand if you're on Facebook. Put it up. If you have Facebook, you're on Facebook. Most of you, wow, that's interesting. Okay, do this. Raise your hand if you're not on Facebook and do it with an angry face because you probably don't like it. Okay. Wow, that's really interesting. That's half and half. Okay. Angry, we don't like Facebook in this church. We need to take note of that. What about if you're on Instagram? on the gram, right? I am not on the gram. Uh, I have an Instagram, but I'm not on there. Uh, What about TikTok? Anybody on TikTok? Okay. I I, want to point out, it seems that everybody in here understands what social media is. You're on social media. It's part of our world. But realize that the world system is really designed and affected by the devil, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you understand? That's what he does. And if if he has influence in this world system, I want you to realize that social media has completely hijacked the idea of connection and friendship. They've taken those terms and they've completely redefined them. A social media connection could be simply somebody that you've never met before. You just might happen to like the same music group, or you might like the same movie, or you buy the same product. And the term friend, you may feel good when you get somebody that sends you a friend request. Let me tell you that a social media friendship is not a friendship. It's not a real friendship. Now, you may be social media friends with somebody who is your real friend, but I'm saying that that is a redefined term for friendship. See, you are merely, with a social media friendship, you are merely kind of connected to a representation that that person allows you to see. You understand? It's not a real friendship. Pastor Craig Groeschel, he says, we are a generation living for likes while longing for love. God has created us to have a longing for real, true connection, but we often increase our loneliness and increase our disconnection by turning to social media. It makes us feel good for a moment, but leaves us empty. And we'll talk about that a little bit next week. So if the problem is loneliness, the cure is friendship. Loneliness ends when we form real relationships with real people who know the real us. All right, I want to give you some hope here. We've got the problem, loneliness. I hate that anyone in our church would feel lonely. Lonely. But I know that I myself sometimes have felt lonely. You think about that time when something is going so wrong in your life, when you just can't fix all your problems, and you you think, I really, truly don't have anyone to tell this to. I want you to know God has provided a solution to that. Uh, As we finish today, there are two friendships you cannot live without. Two friendships you can't live without. The first friendship you can't live without is a friendship or a relationship with God. Uh, Some of you in here, and there are people in this world that will experience the ultimate loneliness, a loneliness in their soul, a loneliness in their soul. They live life without a relationship with God. They die without a relationship with God, and then they exist forever in eternity in hell without God. I want to tell you, there is nothing worse that could ever happen than that in your life. God does not want you to be alone and separated from Him. Do you hear me? Church, do you agree with that? God does not want you to be without Him. God wants a relationship with you. It was like the song we sang earlier, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The idea was that God designed us to know him. You are made, you are created at the core of who you are. The the, the core way to solve loneliness is to, to first have a relationship with your creator, God Almighty. Realize that sin got in the way between you and God. It happened in the garden. Adam sinned. This first guy made a mistake, and that sin condition was passed down to all men for that all have sinned. Everybody sins. We're all separated from God. We're all in the same boat. But Jesus came, and he made that sacrifice necessary so that we could be reunited with God. Can you say amen to that? Every person can begin a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's something, listen, you, maybe you're new to this whole church thing. If, you, if, if, if there's a Christian in this room, they have made this decision. They have realized that there's like, uh, some people say it as a God-shaped hole, this, this loneliness vacuum. And the idea is that it's only to be filled by your creator. And realize it's only to be filled by God. And it's so awesome because uh, for, for me, I was 12 years old. And I was 12 years old, and I remember I was in a pastor's office, and he told me the story about Jesus. He told me that Jesus was perfect. He, he never sinned before. He never sinned before so that he could be my substitute, one that did sin. Then I sinned, but Jesus never sinned. And he said, hey, if you believe on him that he was dead, he, he died on that cross, he rose again from the dead, if you believe on him, you can be saved. All your sin's forgiven, every past present future washed away completely. Nothing more between me and God. Then I remember I prayed. I said, Lord, I ask you the best way I know how to save me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I ask you the best way I know how to take me to heaven. I remember that day when I was 12. That relationship is the best cure to loneliness that you can ever have. Because when that happens, this is like a multifaceted relationship, many different sides to it. The Bible says that God now becomes your heavenly father. Those of you that have a father, a father that you're disconnected from, or a father that's imperfect, which is all of us fathers, we're all imperfect. Now you can have a father that is perfect, that'll never let you down, that you can always talk to. You have a heavenly father, a new relationship. Not only that, Jesus said in John 15, I'm not going to call you any more servants, but I'm going to call you my friends. You can have a friendship with Jesus Christ. You can have someone that is constantly for you, not against you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And you've got this friend that's on your side. And even better than that, the Bible says that at the time of salvation, the Holy Spirit of God comes to move in. You become his physical dwelling place. So when you thought you were all alone before, you're never alone ever, ever again. The Holy Spirit is always with you. He's always there. He's Called the Comforter. it's, It's hard to go through discomfort, but when you have the Comforter, He helps you, He's there to guide you. Friendship with God is the most important thing you need. But God didn't stop there. He He it's not only friendship with Him, He wants you to have that relationship, but He wants you to have friendship with others. You cannot live the abundant life God wants you to have without friendships with others. When God created Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. He made a helpmeet for him. He gave him Eve. And God instituted the family, the fact that every husband should find a friendship in his wife. And some, some, some of you, that's the problem that you need to fix. That connection needs to be repaired. That's a friendship that you can have. Uh, The Bible says the two were naked and unashamed. The idea that there was nothing between them, that they could share the real them, who they were with one another. God instituted the family. And then later on, God instituted the church. He said, not only do you have your, your, your immediate family, but you have a church family. You have a body of Christ full of brothers and sisters in the Lord that you can help. You can bear one another's burdens. And Jesus told this church, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that you may also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Listen, uh, the, the, the characteristic that shows others that you're a Christian is not the fact that you attend worship services. It's not the fact that you listen to Christian music. Those things are great. But the defining characteristic is our love for one another It goes deeper than simply knowing people's names simply shaking hands in hallways, simply attending social events together. These are friendships. I want to look at in Scripture next week what it means to actually be a friend. A friend is a lot deeper than just somebody you see every week. It goes deeper than that. They'll know that we're His disciples if we have love one to another. I want you to turn your Bible to 1 John 5, verse 14. i want to close with this prayer. There's a, a passage of Scripture that is really helpful when it comes to this. You may be sitting in here today, maybe you're watching online, and you understand when I talk about loneliness, you say, I know it, I feel it, I feel it sometimes, or maybe you feel it a lot. Maybe it's something you realize you need friendship. I believe confidently that God wants us to have friendship. I see it in the scripture. And in 1 John 5, verse 14, the Bible says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Anytime the Bible says you can have confidence, that's awesome. It's way better than I hope so, or it's a, it might happen. The Bible says you can have confidence in something. Here's what you have confidence in. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. The idea is if if you know something that is God's will for you to have and you pray for that thing, we know with confidence God hears our prayer. That's great. But it goes further than that. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So the idea is if you know something's God's will and you know it is, that you can have confidence if you pray and ask for that thing that you know to be God's will, he'll hear you But he won't only hear you, he'll answer you. And he'll give you what you ask for, his will. Well, I believe that it's God's will for us to end loneliness and find friends. I'm going to ask you to pray a couple prayers this morning. See, I I believe that God is going to, if you pray for it, answer your prayer for friendship. Maybe to this morning, you need to pray this. God, please help me find true friendship. You might know what acquaintances look like really well. You might know what coworkers look like, and you're good at all that. But friendship, that's a scary thing. Pray for friendship. What's scarier to me is how... Loneliness is affecting us. It's affecting our church. It's affecting you. Pray, God, please help me find true friendship. And then, secondly, pray today, God, please help me be a friend to someone else. It is so possible that somebody in the row that you're sitting in right now leaves this church every single week and they feel all alone. They're going through some difficulty in their life and they've got no one to call. I believe God wants you to step in and be a friend to others, to show love to them. And in turn, God may give you the friend that you need as well. If you would bow your head, and close your eyes. Everyone do this, no one looking around. I wonder today if you would spend time right now and pray those prayers. If you say today, I feel... Lonely, and I need a friend. Pray right now. God wants you to have friends. It's according to His will, and if you pray for it, I know He'll give it to you. We have confidence. Pray right now, Lord. Please help me find true friendship. Maybe you're in this room today, and you say, "I don't always feel lonely," but maybe, maybe you do. Would you pray the second prayer? Would you pray right now in your seat? God, please help me be a friend. God, open up a door of opportunity for me to love someone else, to bear somebody else's burden. You know, oftentimes we we realize that our problems aren't so big and we're not so self-centered when we look on the problems of someone else. Sometimes the healing we need is to take our eyes off our own problems and put them on someone else's problems. Pray for that. God, please help me to be a friend to someone else.